0: Hey designers, today's episode is all about the consultation call. This is such an important step in the design process because it's how you convert a potential client to a paying client <laughs> and how you have a business. I am the first to admit that for years I did not do these calls well. I didn't realize they were sales calls. and. I have learned a lot about how to have structure around them, how to ask the right questions and how to listen well so that a client feels known and understood and knows that I'm the right designer for the job. Kate and I break down both of our consultation call processes. There's so much awesome info in here. I hope it's useful to you. Listen on in. Today's episode is brought to you by the Badass Biz Bundle. If you're ready to start your business or have just launched, let me help you kickstart things to make major progress in a short time. The Badass Biz Bundle is what I wish I had when I was starting out on my own. The business documents, AKA Biz Docs, I didn't know I needed, and a kick-ass mentor for Biz Talks to answer questions with practical, tactical advice to help me quickly, confidently, and profitably launch on my own. Learn more at leslymyrick.com slash coaching. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday
1: for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button.
0: We are designers getting coffee with each other, and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. And now this is episode 32, How to Nail Your Consultation Calls. Leslie, I'm always impressed when you get through that whole spiel without getting tongue-tied. I would be a hot mess. (laughs) It's like my radio announcer voice. Take 3,476. Girl, I'm a professional. I am a one-take wonder. Well, now I am. I've spent years getting used to talking on camera. Good for you. Doing lines. Like, that wasn't perfect. I'm starting over. It's not always perfect, but it's done. And we're going to move on because I'm excited to talk with you today. I am too. We both have a lot
1: to say in this topic. Today, we're talking about that very first intake call that you have with a potential new client. I will tell a story here in a minute about that experience for me when I was first starting out. And let's just say it was not pretty, but I've gotten much, much better. And I... (laughs) And we're gonna talk about it today. But
0: yeah, first of all, how are you, Miss Myrick, Mrs. Myrick? Oh, girl, it's you know early in the year, things are still ramping up after the holidays. I've just been feeling a and little a moving, bad. moving. Oh gosh life, man. I've just been feeling a little down. So I like that we are getting together to have these conversations and kind of keep me motivated and excited about design stuff. Cause I don't know about you guys, but when you're kind of showing up every day and putting yourself out there and giving and creating and marketing, and there's not a lot coming back, man, it can wear on you. So there full transparency. I'm kind of not my best self, but I love that we are here doing this, having this conversation. And I'm guessing there's probably other designers who might be feeling the same way. The start of a new year is hard after a slow holiday season. Yeah. Leslie,
1: there's one thing you were... Always good for, and that is showing up. <laughs> I know last week you were actually sick with, I think it was the flu or whatever. And I don't even know what it was, but there's was not nothing good. that stops her from showing up a little snuffle, a little cough, nothing. So if we actually have to cancel, I know it's legit. But having also pretty recently moved across country and starting my business all over in a brand new city, I get it. It's hard, and you're doing all the right things. And for anybody who's listening who's had some time off, whether it's been because of a move or life changes, taking care of a relative, having a child, all of these things, getting back up, start even just taking a vacation. Sometimes I come back and I'm like, I just don't have it in me. I don't have the motivation. And so um, it can be really hard and we get it. But you're listening to this right now, which means you're showing up. And if this is the best way you can show up today, good for you. And I believe, Leslie, that you're gonna get through this. It is it's still fresh and I know that we like things to just start to, you know, move at the speed of light. And it can be frustrating when things
0: don't move on our time frame. <laughs> so <laughs> such a good encourager. Thank you. See, this is, this is why we do designers getting coffee because we need each other. Totally. It's a lonely, difficult thing to do what we do. So we're glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're here, Kate and everyone else listening. Cause we we're definitely growing a really fantastic audience of designers. I've loved the emails I've gotten from oh people, gosh. all our yes. social media comments. You guys are fantastic. And clearly this was something much needed. So we're glad to be able to bring this to you every week. Preach.
1: I want to start out by sharing with you my what my sales calls looked like when I was first starting out. Well, at least you were aware there were sales
0: calls. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> I never even thought of what that. What did you think what you were doing? doing? <laughs> I'm telling you, for the longest time, it was just like... Just chatting with yeah, a friend? Pretty much. It, this is why i was I really looking forward to talking about this with you because it took me I don't know, a few years to realize, oh, I should have a plan for these calls and a strategy. And it was mostly just like, so tell me about what's going on. And then I didn't know how to end. How long did they take? I was pretty good at keeping them like under half an hour, but sometimes uh, I didn't know how to wrap things up and it could be 45 minutes or an hour. And I'd be like, this was not worth it. (laughs) This was
1: dumb. Oh my gosh. Well, and I had a call the other day with this person that I was considering hiring to do some work around my house. And literally came back into my office and the girls were here and I was exhausted. I was like, that because I had been on the phone with him. I was like, that is an example of everything you shouldn't do on a sales call. He didn't know how to end the call and he kept talking and I multiple times had to say like, "Bro, I got to go. You clearly don't know what your prices are and your rates are and how your services work. So if you want time to think about it, you can just wrap it up in an email to me." And <laughs> it was Painful, and that's probably what I sounded like when I was first getting started. But I will just say, tell me about your so sales. I and your sales plan. Yeah, so cool. when I first got started, it was very similar. I didn't really have a plan. I was still kind of figuring out my services and my rates, and kind of the I mean the design process down in space. I had that because I've been doing that for years. But when it came to interacting, my first interactions with them. I didn't feel super comfortable selling my services. I didn't feel super comfortable talking about my rate, and I didn't have a really solid, you know, next steps figured out. And I just could feel I would get red on my chest, not that they could see this, but and just like sweaty, and I would get nervous, and it was like I was going on stage in a in an amphitheater, and it's just a phone call. So I knew I needed help. And I ended up hiring a sales coach. And she helped me tremendously not only get through those initial phone calls and train me in that area, but also all of my copy on my website. So it was literally the best investment I've ever made. And a lot of what you'll hear today me talking about in kind of my script and what I say came from my time working with her. But at one point I told her, I said, my calls with my initial, my initial calls with my clients are so painful. And I know if they're painful for me, they've got to be painful for the person that I'm talking to. And I really need to start converting these people from people that are interested into happily paying clients. So help me with that. She actually had me record and I found this recording the other day. And one of these days when I get some real cojones, I will share it with you guys, but not yet, not today. I recorded a sales call that I had with a woman. Um, I did get her permission. I didn't tell her why I just asked her if it'd be okay if I recorded it so that I think I said so that I could focus on our conversation and not have to take notes. And she said, yeah, that's fine. And I let my coach listen to it. And the next time we met, she was like, okay, so we're going to just break this down. (laughs) So we played it back like line by line. And she went through like, here's what you should have said. Here was a missed opportunity. And it was groundbreaking for me. And now I have so much confidence. I've also been doing this a little while. It takes time. If you're, Leslie, I imagine you're a pretty confident person on the phone, but even despite your confidence, if you don't have a plan, you know, or if you were more like me and maybe you just, you didn't feel comfortable selling your services or talking about your rates, you know, whatever the reason is, having a plan can help you build confidence. I have a very high conversion rate from people that I talk to, to people that move into a a consultation, a lot of times if they don't move ahead, it's because they're not a right fit. And I've decided, I don't think this person is is a good fit for what we're trying to do here. So if I can do it, you can do it is the point of saying this, but you know, it was just things like, them asking basic questions and me not having a really clear, confident, concise answer ready to go. So, um, but we'll dive in today talking about how do those calls go,
0: Leslie. I know you have a, a script, right? Yeah, I do. That it's taken years to develop. Sure, it's proprietary. No, <laughs> it's a lot of information gleaned from working with different coaches and just kind of tweaking it to work for me. But yeah, I do. I have a I have a script and that is something that I have available as a free download on my website. So if you guys want to grab it, it's at lesliemyarkcom slash coaching. So I'm going to talk through it on this episode today, but you can actually get the download and tweak it as you need it and start using it for your own business. If you are starting from zero, I think it's going to be a really great resource for you because it's Hard sometimes to know what to ask and the order to ask questions in and how to present things. So that's what I got for you. And Kate, you don't really have a script, right? You do something a little bit differently on your calls. Well, I do have a script. I don't have, it's not a download or anything. I don't
1: need my script anymore because, and you probably don't either because I kind of know my r- little routine and where I go, but I do have it available and next to me kind of when I talk. But what I do keep next to me, and this is a download actually at designersoasis.com is I have this note taking cheat sheet because what inevitably will happen is sometimes I'll get somebody on the phone that really likes to talk and I might end up forgetting to ask a few key questions. And also as we'll Learn more here in a minute about getting clear on their pain points. And um, I have a specific section where I write their words down so that they're quick. I can quickly reference them. But this cheat sheet has different sections for me to write key notes. What I found was I was so involved with handwriting all the words and all the notes that I would sometimes get maybe not as connected to the person or distracted and not listening to them wholly. And so having this cheat sheet allows me to make some quick notes in specific boxes that keeps my thoughts organized so that I know what does that note mean and what am I talking about? And also just some cues to remind me to ask certain questions that I, I might sometimes forget. So that's a download that I would also recommend. Go get Leslie script as well. And between the two of them, you guys are going to nail your consultation sales. <laughs> Pros. Before we get into the actual words that we talk about, there are a couple of things I really want to discuss. Pretty sure you do this. Uh, number one is scheduling your calls and the importance. And then also I have a little bit of a ritual that I do or routine that I do before each each of those calls. And this is actually... There's a I go in depth... To it in a video that I'm about to share. By the time this episode goes live, it'll probably be out there on the web somewhere. DesignersOasis.com is usually a good place to find it. But Ooh, I want to hear. Let's first talk about the importance of scheduled calls. There are kind of two camps here on whether you should be available to have somebody call you at any point and have your phone number listed out there versus having a scheduled call. And the people who feel like you need to have your phone number out there are not afraid to have cold calls and are willing to answer the phone at any point and return messages if they can't get to the phone when they're able to. And if that works for you, that's fine. I personally believe that you need to be scheduling your calls for a couple of reasons. I've played with it both ways. And this is what works best for me. Leslie, do you
0: take cold calls? Ah, I was going to actually sort of counter your point on that. <laughs> so I do have my business phone number listed publicly on my website. I think it does a lot to build trust and To help you look legit on the internet because it's so easy for people to hide behind a website and you don't know where they are, how to get in touch with them really, besides a contact form or a vague email address. But I do have a business number on my website. However, it does say that it is a, you can call and leave me a voicemail and I do not answer my business line. And here is why. As soon as you put a business number, any phone number on the internet, you are going to get spam calls all day, every day. And I got so tired of, having to silence calls, and the percentage of calls that came through that are actual inquiries is so slim. I put people right through to voicemail, but it's a Google voice number. I have the Google voice app. It pops up right away when there's a voicemail. And if it is a legit inquiry, I call them back as soon as I can that day. I don't let them linger. So I think there's a way to kind of have a happy medium where I do have a business number, but... It does not ring on my phone. It goes directly to voicemail. And I do say both on my website in writing that it is a voicemail number. Also on the actual recording, it it does say this is a voicemail only. I can't remember how I say it, but basically I don't, I don't want people to keep calling back thinking they're going to reach me. I want them to know that this is a voicemail. It's monitored frequently and we'll get back to them quickly. Most people though do follow the procedure that I outline on my website, which is book a consultation call.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's how I do it too. And I do believe, I agree with you that having a phone number does build trust. I also have the Google number, voicemail, or sorry, uh, I don't answer my Google (laughs) phone because for the same reasons, but um, I do have on my website, book a call with me if you're interested in working together. So I think that booking the call is important for a few reasons or having a scheduled calls and it really depends on your personality or if you've got a salesperson who is dedicated to taking those phone calls then maybe you do have a dedicated phone number that they answer I know there there are those folks out there
0: I do not have a dedicated salesperson that answers my calls so that's me and so I schedule them yep and I don't want to be interrupted doing client work with a phone call. There's nothing worse than being blindsided by a potential new client who is expecting your attention. And then you have to sell to them and you're like, wait, my brain's not even in the right place. I don't have notes open. I don't. Yeah. So I Schedule. I'm with you. Yeah. So number, yeah. Better one is better focus. Uh, scheduled calls reduces distractions,
1: not only for you, um, but also for your prospect compared to cold calling. So I think that's yes. super important. I'm um, also number two for me, it demonstrates commitment um, by the potential client. Um, a client that is willing to wait and talk to you the next day or Early the following week demonstrates that they're serious about hiring someone. It's not just on a whim because they can push a button and talk to you instantly. They're researching and they are planning to invest. Somebody that wants something immediately and is not going to hire you because you can't answer the phone is probably going to expect you to also deliver design in two weeks. They're and- going to be your worst nightmare. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I to me it's just a, it's a little bit of a filter. So those are two really important reasons why I think it's important to schedule calls. So let's say now you've got your call scheduled. You've received an email saying, so-and-so has booked a call with you. I only keep a few questions on my intake questionnaire. Just tell me a little bit about your project and their address and their name and their phone number. And that's basically it. That used to be much longer. And I shortened it because I think it's just easier and reduces the barriers to get them to book a call. But now I'm getting ready to have a phone call with somebody and I have seven things that I do to prepare for a
0: call. I love it, <laughs> (laughs) It's my
1: little ritual. Um, There are some people, my husband is like this. He can just sit down and like zoom, focus in right on the thing that he's doing. I need just a hot second. And so for me, I like to give myself just a few minutes to shift my focus from whatever it was that I was working on to get into the mindset of, okay, I'm getting ready to talk to a new client. I'm putting on my sales hat and I'm totally 100% focused. I print out the client's information, the questionnaire Whatever their answer was, I print that out and then I have my note-taking sheet that I mentioned. I got to interrupt with the question. So have they already filled out a questionnaire at this point before you even have the call with them? Very briefly, the one that I just mentioned, it only asks for their name, phone
0: number, address, like where's the project located, and tell me briefly about your project. Got it. So it's not like an in-depth design questionnaire. It's kind of just like the, the basics you need to know when someone books a call. Okay, cool. Yeah, I understand. Somebody, you know, I had one this week. They were just like, I've got a kitchen and two bathrooms I'm looking to remodel. I would this. call that an intake form, which is why I was gaining clarity on that. Okay, so you, you say question. They get a more in-depth questionnaire once we've decided to book a, an initial consultation. There we go. Okay, so you have you have a bit of information about where yeah. the project is located, what rooms or what they're looking for. Yep. And then, okay, what's the step in your step. In phase. I print out that and my note taking sheet, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, that's number two. And number three,
1: I get into a really quiet place with no distractions. I have two other folks that work in my office with me and I prefer to just take it in the house and make sure they know that I'm on a phone call. Then I'll take a minute to review and note any keywords. You know what? I lied. There's one more question on my intake form and it is, I don't remember the exact words, but it's basically imagine you're on the other side of this project and everything is done how does the space feel and look for you? I like to look at those and pay attention to what are the keywords that they've mentioned, really focusing on the emotions. Are they feeling embarrassed? Are they feeling overwhelmed or frustrated? And I note those on my note-taking sheet. Number five, I have my calendar available to book for a consultation. And I make a note of one to three dates that I would be available for an initial consultation. I personally like to close down my computer while I'm on the phone. Uh, I sometimes will pace when I'm talking. I'll have it up on my screen so I can open it if I need to, but I also kind of have a few dates in mind before I get started. Number six is I have my ladder of services printed out for easy reference. Those are things that I generally have memorized, but there might be a few things that like, if we end up talking about e-design, I have a few, those are flat rate fees. And so I want to have that close by so I can speak accurately about those rates. And then the last thing that I just remind myself is to smile when I dial, which is so cheesy. Ah, It rhymes. That's so good. But it, it makes a but, difference. I think just a second. Oh, I think just a second ago, I could almost feel myself starting to drone on and on. <laughs> and so it's just kind of a little reminder to make sure I've got a smile on my voice and that I've got my you know warmth coming through, and that I'm very excited to be on the phone with them. I think early on, my sometimes my nerves would get the best of me, and I would tend to maybe just get on my head and not sound friendly. So just want to remind myself to smile. Um, so those are that's
0: kind of my little routine, my little ritual that I do before before call I love it smiling is so important I do that I don't I didn't think that was a really routine thing but I do the same thing I hit that call button and I have a smile on my face and it makes such a difference in how you come across cuz they don't get to see you they don't get to hang with you in person you really have to sell yourself just on the phone and that is a really really important thing to do if you're not already aware of it that's going to make the difference I think between Booking a client and not booking a client. Yes.
1: Just pay pay attention to your voice. If this is, this is one more thing I would say before we dive into the actual words. If you're just getting started in your business and you haven't done a lot of these, get a trusted friend or partner or spouse to do a little role-playing. I know it sounds cheesy, but my coach had me do this and it was super helpful so that I could practice what I wanted to say with a potential client without being put on the spot
0: and it was helpful for me. I hate role-playing with a passion. There is nothing I find more (laughs) uncomfortable in this world than doing that. But you're right that it is hugely beneficial. So So
1: you're saying you want me to send you an English made outfit
0: for your birthday. Hello.
1: (laughs) If it'll help me, book clients do it, whatever, whatever needs to happen, Kate. Getting ordered now as we speak on Amazon, (laughs) be there in two days. All right. So Leslie doesn't like role playing. Let's move on. uh, (laughs) Just to the actual words that we use and the format and the pace and the order in which we talk about things. Leslie, I'm going to have you start. You kind of, How do you
0: kick off your calls? So the first thing I do is obviously say hello, let them know I'm really excited to chat with them today. I also ask if this is still a good time to talk. You'd be surprised how many people kind of forget they've booked this call and it might not be the best moment. Usually it's fine, but I always start with that courtesy of making sure that I acknowledge their time. And make sure that it is still a good opportunity because I've literally started calls before and three minutes in the person's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm in the middle of this. Can we, I'm just like, are you, are you kidding me? (laughs) we you booked this. But I think it's a nice courtesy just to acknowledge them and their time. But the order I do things in my call script, I'll sort of walk you through a high level and then we can dive into individual pieces. But I start with discovery. So learning about their project emotion, tapping into, tapping into their emotions, sharing relatable stories, kind of bonding with them over what they're talking about. I mirror back what I've heard from them. I ask about the investment they're prepared to spend. I paint the picture for them. I solve their problem. I let them know, here's how we're going to start. This is the best package based on what you've told me. I involve them by asking, does that sound like a plan? Then if needed, I handle objections and we can dive into those because that is, that's a tricky part because you're going to have objections a lot. And if you don't have a good answer, you're not going to get the sale. And then at the end, I end with excitement. I make sure that there is a big smile on my face and enthusiasm in my voice and next steps are made very clear to them. So that everyone leaves feeling awesome and knowing what's coming. Sure. I think handling objections could be its own episode
1: yes. because there are different ways to, to handle different people's objections. Of so, course. yeah, Yeah. Mine is actually uh, practically identical, barring just maybe a few specific words. But yeah, it's starting with... I always make sure to have them start talking after that initial greeting. I agree. Make sure that this is still a good time. If they haven't forgotten about the call, there could be some other factor like they got stuck in traffic and they're trying to get to pick up their kid and got behind. So it is a common courtesy. And then you can quickly say, let's just rebook this for first thing tomorrow morning having them start talking is critical. And my coach really, really helped me understand this from a psychological perspective. When they are getting on the phone with you, they are expecting to be sold too. And that by default puts them into a fight or flight mode in their head, whether they realize it or not. Yes, they reached out to you. Yes, they think you can help them, but inevitably they feel like they're going to get sold to, And they feel a need to kind of protect themselves from any scammy, weird stuff. So when you have somebody start talking about themselves, they're forced to be using the left side of their brain, the logic side of their brain, and you cannot be in the left side, analytical side of your brain using language and your fight or flight mode at the same time. So you disarm them by getting them to talk about their project first.
0: Ooh, that's cool. If you just start talking about yourself and your services right away. Ah, exactly why I have the discovery at the the beginning because it opens up a conversation to them. I love that. I didn't realize the psychology behind it, why I do it the way I do. I just know it's good to get them talking. This isn't about me selling. It's about me learning about them and them feeling heard and understood. They're also going to give you, and you know this, they're going to give you some really key words that you can
1: reflect back to them. They aren't really paying attention to their actual words that they're using. They know the feeling and the emotion that they have. But in a minute, if you've taken really good notes on key words that they've used, and I mentioned a few earlier, frustrated, frustrated, overwhelmed. My husband and I disagree. I'm just confused. A few take really, really, really good notes. And I have a section for this on my note-taking cheat sheet of those pain points. And then when it is your turn to talk and you reflect them back to them as mirror
0: back to them, their own words, it's like you're seeing into their soul. <laughs> they f- they and- feel so known and understood. They often You're right. They don't often remember what they're saying. They're not paying attention to the words, but when you can write down the Actual words, not paraphrasing, the actual words that come out of their face holes and say it back to them. (laughs) It's so, so valuable. Sorry, face hole, not appropriate. I don't know. It just (laughs) uh, was left
1: field. I like to keep you on your toes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're paying attention. I'm paying attention. So for me, understanding the psychology behind this is really important. Now, this is not because we're trying to manipulate somebody or I mean, first of all, they're reaching out to us because they want help, but this allows us to be of better service to them too. So just want to make that clear. So, okay. So you have in your next step after discovery, you listen to them, then emotion. So I also see in your notes, one of the key things that I do too. So the very, very, very first words that should come out of your mouth after somebody has just told you their reason for reaching out to you should be. Thank you. Thank you so much for
0: sharing that with me. If you say anything else, you are screwing up. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I actually think I put that in my consult call script because of you and having that conversation because I did not even realize how valuable that is. But man, when someone that doesn't know you has just been vulnerable sharing about their home, their life, you need to thank them for that moment. It might feel a little weird. I felt like it took me a few times of saying it for it to sound normal, like... I feel like I'm trying to be a therapist. Like, thank you for sharing. We are a therapist. Preach it, sister. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so I end the discovery part. I tap into the emotion. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And then I try to share a relatable story of mine. The goal is not to overshadow their story and to to compete and be like, "Well, you had this in your home. I had this in my home. But I just want them to know they're not alone. Sure. And if you say it like, thank you so much for sharing that with me.
1: I understand what it feels like to feel, insert their words. What words did they say? What were their pain points? Sharing that relatable story is going to help them see that you are showing empathy and you get it, you understand. The next thing, and I and I kind of see this in yours too, is making sure that authority is going to be the next thing that I think is really important to share. In your relatable story, probably sharing how you fixed that situation or problem and how you overcame it can be one way saying, this is exactly why I decided to be an interior designer. I wanted to help people just like you go from blank to blank. And this is telling them that while yes, you have had experience with this, you've, you have a relatable story. You also
0: know how to get to the other side. So after emotion, do you do the same thing as me where you kind of like, I, I further tap into emotions with them after sharing the relatable story and kind of connecting. I always ask them, you know, tell me how you want to feel when you walk into the space, when it's finished, because I want people to start visualizing and getting into that, like happy, emotional place of, I can see the results. I think that's really important, not just for them to share the troubles that like, oh, my kitchen doesn't function well and blah, blah, blah. And my dishwasher's broken and I need to paint the cabinets. You're not going to sell someone when they're in that frame of mind where they're just kind of like, oh, bummed out. But then to be able to encourage them to tap into the emotions, find out how they want to feel when the space is finished. I think that's a really crucial next step on a consultation call. Do you do kind of the same thing at that point? I do. I, it's more in that discovery phase at the very beginning, because I want to be able to tie
1: their pain points to the results and the outcomes. So, so that I, when I'm reflecting back to them, I can use their own words. I can say, I want to help take you from feeling overwhelmed to feeling confident and really loving your beautiful,
0: airy, spacious new home, (laughs) whatever words they said. So yes, I just, Put it in a little bit different order. Yeah. So at that point, I've kind of gathered up their pain points in the discovery part. They'll tell me what's not working. I've gathered up their desired emotions, how they want to feel. And then this is when I mirror back. So I might say something like, okay, so what I'm hearing is blah, 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 blah. And I kind of repeat back, you know, what they want to escape from, what they're hoping to arrive to. And then I always end that with something like, does that sound accurate? Am I missing anything? Because I want to make sure that I have a complete picture of what they're really. Hoping to get out of working together. It's easy to make assumptions. And when you mirror back, you give clients the chance to A, see that you have truly understood them. And B, if there is something missing, they can then dive in to clarify before you start talking about money and the next steps on things. At that point, the goal with the mirroring back is to make sure that we are all on the same page and that I'm truly understanding their needs, and they are truly feeling understood by me and know that I'm the right person for the job. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. After mirroring back, then I start asking about investment. Do you talk money on this initial call? By, guys, just let's be clear. Investment is just a much more positive word for budget. Frankly, I just want to know what their budget is and if they've even thought about it, but you start throwing out the word budget, and you're just going to put a big old squash on the wonderful emotional connection you have just made <laughs> with this potential client. <laughs> sure. So you're saying that your next step is to
1: ask them, have you thought about what your investment is going to be for your project? Exactly. So for, for example, the actual
0: work to be done, not for design services. Correct. Yeah. I don't ask, I don't get specific. The, the wording that I have in my script is if you were to throw out a ballpark number, what amount do you have in mind to invest in this design project? Because what I'm looking for is just a sense of what planet are we on financially? Are you thinking you have like a $2,000 budget for this kitchen remodel? Or have you thought about it and talked about it with your spouse and planned and saved? I've had clients that honest to goodness cannot give me a dollar amount because they have absolutely no idea. And I had a client the other day where she's like, we budgeted 30,000 for this. I was like, dang. Accurate. Okay. So sometimes clients do have a fixed number. And I think that's really helpful to know when you're going to propose design services, because if someone has $30,000 and that's not a small amount of money, that's still not going to go that far in a kitchen gut remodel. And so there's going to be very different ways that you take the call after that. Once you have an idea of budget, I will say, as we all kind of know, most clients don't really know what things cost and you don't want to Undersell just because you think the client quote can't afford it, but I think it's really great to get them thinking about it so that we're I mean the same planet just seems right because I've had clients where the way they're talking, I imagine they've got like a six figure budget and they tell me they have twenty thousand dollars and I'm kind of thinking, oh, we might not be the right designer for this or so we might have to change how we do this. So how do you handle the money talk? Do you do it this early, Kate? Or do you wait until they're a paying client? No, it's yes, this is
1: exactly when I bring up their investment for the project itself. Um, so I make sure that I indicate, you know, separate from design fees, have you thought about what you're planning to invest in these improvements or renovation or construction, whatever the case may be when they don't have a number? I, the truth is they
0: always have a number. <laughs> they. They do. I I, I have a tactic I use. I'd love to hear how you try to get more information out of them if they don't answer that question well. Sure. And I've heard this a a while back and I've tried it out and it actually does work.
1: So um, what I say to people, if they feel like they don't have a number is, you know, I don't want to make them feel like a dummy. That's the last thing I want to do. You know, I will say, I understand that this can be Kind of a hard thing to pin down, and I will certainly help you if we decide, if we end up working together, I can absolutely help you kind of figure out what a reasonable budget is for your your expectations. but you know do you have a million dollars to spend on this project? Their answer almost all the time is heavens no, but i was I was thinking more like thirty to forty now you have a number. <laughs>
0: yes. Yep. I do the same kind of thing. That's. I love your way of doing it because you're almost I'm like... uncomfortable the first time I threw that out there, but it was like, well, so do you have a million dollars? No. Okay. Then what do you have? Don't throw out a number. Because you kind of make it fun. Like, And if you have a million dollar client, fantastic. But let's be real, 99.99% of clients are going to kind of laugh at that. And it's going to lighten the mood too and lighten the conversation. I think that's so good. Yeah. Similarly, what I'll do is I'll kind of like you know, okay, so if you want to do, I just keep using a kitchen as an example. If, you know, we did a kitchen design and I did a proposal and showed you that everything you needed was $100,000. Is that something you're comfortable with? Oh, no, 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 no. That's way more. I was thinking more like 15,000. As soon as you give them a point of reference, it's much easier for clients to come up with a more realistic number about what their comfort level is. I love your tactic though, Kate, with the million dollars. I'm going to use that. That's you just, so good. You just,
1: just make it in our world kind of absurd. Now, does that mean there's a million dollar kitchens out there? Yes. But they're not my clients yes. yet. They're not my yet. clients
0: <laughs> But I think that's such a fun way to handle this with still being respectful of the money conversation, but bringing just a little fun and absurdity to it where it's kind of like, oh, no, 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 Like It kind of just lightens things up as you're talking about it. I think that's awesome. For me, let's see. You You say solve and paint the picture.
1: Tell me what that looks like. Cause I think that is similar to what I do, but el- elaborate a bit.
0: This is the moment where you tell them the design package that is best for them. So I used to, oh my God, you guys, I was terrible at these calls. I used to basically run through all my design packages. <laughs> like we do this and we do this and we do this. What sounds uh-huh. like for uh-huh. you? And of course they're like, I don't know. And an hour later, you're on a phone call. <laughs> Exactly. And so after we have discovered, we've tapped into their emotion, we've mirrored back to get clarity, we've talked about investment, we've lightened the mood, then this is when I solve their problem and paint the picture of what that looks like. So at this point, I will say, fantastic. So based on what you've told me about X, Y, and Z, I think the best way for us to get started is X. It's usually a two-hour consultation or a design strategy day. I'm actually trying something new where I'm trying to sell my six hour strategy days as kind of my entry level, but I do have the downsell available of a two hour jumpstart. I'm trying it out to see what happens, but basically solving and painting the picture is, you know, in not so many words, I am the expert. I have taken your needs in consideration. Here is my expert recommendation for us to get started. And so that's when I will tell them what the package is what it entails, a little a little bit about the process, but most importantly, what they can expect at the end of it. I do not talk about how much it costs. Bing, 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 I, bing, is that, that a good sound? Did I win? <laughs> <Yay>. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. Thank you. Nailed so, yes, it. I do not give them 74 options. I tell them what I think will be best. For a lot of clients, it is well, I should say, by the time they get on the phone with me, they've already been to my website. And I have my two easiest buy it now packages on the website, which are design kit. So e-design they can buy online. And I also sell my strategy days online because it's a flat fee that I can easily process online. So they already know if usually by that point, someone has already bought that and we're good. So I can already rule those out. And I know by the time someone gets on the phone with me, they are probably ready for something like full service or... Design consulting only, that's more than just an e design. So typically, I can gauge after their information what really is going to be the best. Usually, at this point, it's a two hour consultation. That's almost always a starting point for a project, but I solve their problem. I paint the picture of what that looks like to do that package with me. And then before I talk dollars, I involve them by ending my wonderful ramble about my services with short and sweet. Does that sound like a plan? I don't ask, what do you think? I don't ask, like I think, does that sound like a plan? I love that wording because it loops them in and it makes them feel involved and gets them excited. Now, very often they will say yes. And then the next question is, what does it cost? (laughs) And that's okay. That's the time you can start talking money, but you want their buy-in. You want them to know that you've recommended the best option for them And you already want to know that they think it's a good idea before you start talking money. Absolutely. So I agree.
1: I think that having an entry-level service is ideal, even if you think full service is the best choice. And for me, that's our signature service. It's what we do the most of. And I will say here, here's what I think. I think that you really need full service design. Here's why you're a busy professional. We take all of the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I get into my little spiel about it, highlight the benefits. What are the end results? What problem is it going to solve? I don't get into the nuts and bolts of the process and how do we get there? I do, however, let them know that I have all of that, that information detailed in a PDF that I'll send you right after we get off the phone here. So you can Look that over in detail and ask me any questions if you have them at that point. But they're not interested in taking pictures and measurements and your sources. Like you might get those questions at the very end if you have any additional questions. But they really want to understand like what are the end results and how can you help me? If I think that someone is a full service client, I'm not actually trying to sell them a full service package on the phone. Ding
0: ding 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 ding. There's your for the <laughs> yeah. day. Yes, correct answer. So
1: that for a number of reasons, one that's a big commitment for anybody to make off the bat. So it's not, it's a, it's a big ask for someone. Number two, you haven't seen the project. You can't propose on it. You can't, you haven't even spent more than a few minutes on the phone with somebody. How do you know this person doesn't have some serious red flags? You haven't been been in their house. There are a lot of things that you could learn about this person in an initial two hour consultation that may make you decide that It's maybe not a great fit and not somebody that you want to work with. Um, Ideally, they're great and you move on to full service, but it does give you an opportunity to kind of feel, uh, you know, vet them a little bit more. And I've only only had that happen a couple of times. I mean, I I did a couple of consultations with the same woman last year and she was lovely as a person. She was absolutely (laughs) lovely. I really liked her, but she just didn't have, wasn't even... She wasn't ready to spend the money that she needed to fix her problem. <laughs> and So I was like, I can't help you. Like, I just can't help you if this is where you're going to go with this. And, and she was struggling because she was really ready to put a pool in the, her backyard. I was like, well... <laughs> It's either this or the pool, I guess. I don't know, but I don't build pools, so I can't help you. (laughs) So having that initial two-hour consultation, I came in, I gave her some ideas. I gave her very specific things to do. I took my tape measure. It's a mini working session. They're going to get a ton of value out of this two-hour consultation. There's no obligation on either of your parts to do anything beyond that meeting, besides maybe pass back some notes that you took during your session. But it's a really, it's a much easier sell when you're on the phone to say, let's just start with a two hour consultation. It's going to be value soaked. I'm going to give you all my best ideas. I'm going to give you my notes when I'm done. And at the end, two things are going to happen. Number one, I will have seen enough to know how many hours it would take to help you in a full service capacity. And I can give you a proposal that's accurate. Number two, you'll you'll have a chance to kind of make
0: sure that I'm somebody that you want to work with long-term and it's just an easier sell. Yep, I think that's an awesome way to handle it. And it is a lot easier on a call to get someone to buy into a $500 consultation than it is a $12,000 design proposal. You don't, you haven't built enough trust. You haven't given enough value yet. Really, you can't just dive in. Like Kate was saying, you just don't know enough about the person or the project to know if they're going to be crazy Or if they're a great client, do you need to have the pain in the butt factor in your fees? Built in. Yeah, the PETA Mm -hmm. factor as I pain in the huh factor. So yes, that really, guys, I think is the goal of this consultation call is to sell a two-hour consultation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's different options that you can sell. Great. But I do think that this is a good thing to keep in mind that you're not trying to sell full service yet. You're trying to get clients in the door to have them invest in you, build that trust and knock their friggin' socks off so that you're able to upsell them to the next level that they really do need ultimately to do an awesome project.
1: Absolutely. One more thing I just want, before we go into talking about money or wrapping that up, there was there's something that I started doing this uh, last year rather that was a game changer as far as shortening my phone calls because they were starting to go into the 30 minute mark and I don't have time for a 30 minute sales call they really need to be no more than 20 minutes and by all means and my coach reminded me of this is if you booked a 20 minute call with them you need to be respectful of their time too and not go long not go longer and that this what I what I'm about to tell you became big way for me to. To not take those calls so long, so it's to have a PDF. Um, I call it my uh, services and pricing guide, and it really outlines my services in more detail in terms of how, what, what's the process and what goes into them, what's uh, included, what do you get, what are the nuts and bolts of it. Um, and trying to go through all of that uh, over the phone, a lot of it is very graphic oriented. Like nobody knows what a spec sheet is, or you know those kind of things. So. I tied that into a PDF and I fire that off as soon as we get off the phone and that's going to show them the process. It's going to show them the, um, investment and it's going to sh- demonstrate the time frame. And when they know they have that coming, they have less, they have fewer
0: questions and I think it helps them put their head around it easier when they see it visually like that. Yeah. And I'm sure you make them beautiful. Are these, this is one of your Canva templates, right? That you have for this? It is. Yeah. Guys, her templates are beautiful. Like they just. Oh, thank you. They've been so much fun. fun. You should go get them on Designers Oasis.
1: And I think it'll be live by the time this episode goes live. But I do have a. I I I've been loving writing. I love talking about this stuff when I'm not talking about it. I'm writing about it. But I also wrote a um, blog post that outlines like what should you include in that PDF. And uh, I can make that available for you guys too. But it is going to save you time. And it is going to convert people from
0: prospects into happily paying clients. In my humble and correct opinion. Yeah. And you are correct. And <laughs> it, it looks great too. I do something similar... But instead of a PDF, I actually have um, website pages built, one page for each of my services. They're not publicly listed. You can't navigate to them on my website, but I will send clients the link after our call and say, here's all the info about the design jump start or the design strategy session. And they get the link and it's all there. And there's before and afters, there's testimonial videos, all the things that are going to just help continue to sell what I've already talked to them on the phone. But you know, that would take an hour to go through if we really had to go through all the nuts and bolts together. This is good stuff, KB. I think let's take um, handling objections as a separate episode because that's its own beast. But, you know, so let's, for the sake of this conversation, does that sound like a plan? Yes. Sign me up. You're like, great. Here's an invoice. Book your appointment. Great. So how do we, how do you wrap up the end of this consultation call? Let's say it went really well and there were no objections and they're ready to give you 500 bucks for your two-hour consultation. How do you finish things up? I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. You
1: sing. And I dance.
0: (laughs) She is dancing, guys.
1: It's true. Yeah. So you just want to wrap up on a positive note. Say... Thank you, Ms. Smith. It's been lovely speaking with you. I am so excited to meet you and your family and to see your home and to help you out with this. As soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to send you this PDF as well as a link to your invoice to confirm your consultation. In the meantime, if you have any questions that come up that you maybe forgot about, don't hesitate to respond to those. You can email those to me and I'll be happy to answer. Um, But I look forward to meeting you
0: next Tuesday at three o'clock at 123 Mockingbird Lane. Mic drop. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have my, in my little script, my note is always excitement to wrap up positively. I make sure to address any final questions before we wrap. Usually by that point, they don't have any questions and they're, they're expecting to get the email. Same as you, I kind of, I high level share the next steps. You can expect an email from me by end of day. It's going to have X, Y, and Z instructions for you. And then they're thrilled. They feel very well taken care of. They don't feel like they've hung up the call going, okay, so when, how do I pay? you need to hold their hand through this so that they feel so confident that you are the right person for this job. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I think too, just congratulating them
0: and saying like, Hey, congratulations
1: for deciding to prioritize yourself and your, your home and your like, I love the master bedroom ones because I'm like your marriage, you know. (laughs) not that your beautiful master bedroom is going to help your marriage if it's falling apart, but just no better than a beautiful kitchen is going to help you be a better chef. So yeah,
0: true. <laughs> but man, if it could. All right. Is that it? That's, is that it? That's been almost an hour. That yes. That is it. <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I think we should, we, we're going to change our plans a little bit. I think the next episode for next week, we're going to talk about handling objections. We're going to continue this conversation and talk about what to do when you involve them. Does that sound like a plan? And they're like, eh, I have to ask my husband or, Ah, that's really expensive. Or I don't need to I I need some time to think about You're damn it. Damn
1: right it's expensive and it's worth every penny. Hell, yes. So
0: we will do we'll that next week. But guys, I really hope this was a fantastic resource for you. If you haven't been confident on your consultation calls, this is going to be great stuff to give you some structure to them and some language you can start adopting to be a lot more effective. We'll make sure in the show notes, there's the link to get my consult call script, the link to Kate's blog post, all her resources. We want to just equip you for total awesomeness on the phone because this is so crucial. If you can't sell to a new client on the phone, you don't have a business. She's not wrong. Ugh, I know. All right. Go get them, tigers. (laughs) Have a fantastic week. There's so many free resources today. Go get them send us a note. Hello at designersgettingcoffee.com or DM us on Instagram. We would love to hear how you're actually using these tools. And if you have any tweaks you've made to them that have even improved them for your business, please share so we can all help each other be even more awesome at this. Cause I think a lot of us struggle with sales and consultation calls and we don't have to be alone doing this. We can learn from each other and really help us all be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Bye. Happy Friday. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback. For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com
1: for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.